Greetings, programs. Hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and this is Minute 10. And returning to join me today is my knowing, kind, patient, fabulous guest co-host, Chris Stewart. Welcome back, Chris. Rambling friend. Chris Stewart, <laughs> you yeah. fools! I have returned. Those last minutes, yeah. Some of those, some of those last minutes got pretty. Uh, I pretty I long. love doing that, and it's always. A, it's some people like short and sweet podcasts, and other people are like, I just I'm driving. I want give me more. So it's for sure. I can't do it for everybody. But long distance. Trips. I fall into the happy to ramble for a long time. Reminds me of uh, long Russian novels written during long Russian winters. <laughs> to read during long Russian, <laughs> Russian winters. winters. Yeah, that's kind of kind of long rambling podcasts for listening to on long rambling commutes. Yeah. Uh that said, I promise uh, I'll keep it tight this time. Well, do do what you can. It's okay. It's all good. We uh we both go off go off the rails. That's a it's a uh, occupational hazard of a movie by minute podcast is you end up talking about the whole movie. Well, yeah. Or going off on tangents. And you know what? It's unavoidable. Unavoidable. It's fun too. I I hope people enjoy listening to it as much as doing it because the best part is when you're talking to somebody and you don't know what they're going to say, you will say something and it will spark yeah me going. I have some input on that that I had not thought about before. Let's talk about that. And, then and we I, end up, you know, I'd imagine the listener the listeners are are passionate about the movie and so go. they want to hear more. So every time I've sidetracked us, they're like, "Get back to Tron." And when we're on Tron, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, oh, I guess, you know, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, go back and listen to minutes four, five, and six. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, no, the simplest is, uh, I have a Ghostbusters podcast with a buddy of mine, Troy, Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip, and I make video games by day. Right. Kerberos Productions, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S. So was there, there was a Roman Cerberus and there's a Greek Kerberos? Or? Uh, the Romans had a real, uh, knack for, you know, the meme of the, the the little thing where I made this and the other thing takes right. it. You made this? And then I, I made this. this. Yeah. That was the Romans, <laughs> basically in a nutshell. So the Greeks had um Kerberos with the hard yeah, that very Greek, right? Kerberos. Yeah. But that's the three headed dog that the Romans softened up to uh Cerberus. Right, okay. Yeah, because yeah, in my I remember in my mythology classes in school you had like um this was Jupiter and this was Zeus and this was Athena or like this was yeah, Apollo there, there was and two, this was yes, Mercury. Exactly. So this was the Roman, you know, version. But I it never it always as a child I sort of thought that they were developed concurrently. You know, yeah. but now I'm like nope. new that that's not how that their happened. time scales actually are hundreds of years apart from one another. It's one of those things. There was some yoinking going on yeah. there, and not to be confused with Cerebus, which is you know Dave Sims indie comic. So yes, yes, <laughs> or the uh, the nightmare dog that goes off the rails in that Mars movie. Oh yeah, there you go. If you're gonna have an AI on your ship. <laughs> Naming it after evil things is never Don't name good. It, uh if you head to uh again it's off uh, off season now, but I noticed this past Halloween, uh Spirit Halloween has an animatronic Cerebus. Uh, yeah, Cerberus. Like an animatronic three headed dog? Yeah, it's about the size of a Doberman pincer with two extra heads and it moves and sparks. <laughs> I've seen that costume on dogs too, where you have two fake dog heads that look like your dog's head, and then you yeah. strap them on. The I don't know if it's uh, if it's apocryphal or, or not, but somebody said 
my friend's little dog was getting bullied by the other dogs at the park so she made him this costume and now they are afraid of him (laughs) (laughs) all right so the uh minute 10 is uh dillinger stepping stepping into his room and talking to the mcp uh through his sweet 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 desk yeah his um both wonderfully futuristic and then once you when you're a kid you're like that is the best desk ever then when you get older and you work at desks with computers you're like it's one part it makes sense because you're looking down and they for the longest there was times like um was it science international joseph campanella yeah there was a couple times they tried to sell us on the instead of our screen, it will be down at an angle into the you know the desk, and it's better for you know to look down naturally. That's how we're rather than looking up and getting neck strain and all that. At the same time, it's all the way down, and yeah. I'm just sitting there going, "How does he?" <laughs> It'd be so annoying. Not to mention if he wants to watch anything. I'm pretty sure Dillinger's not playing video games on his computer, but by that yeah. point, it's distorted the perspective. And all of his uh, all of his shots where he's interacting with the computer, he's uh, standing. Yeah, right. So and he needs to to have a good uh, perspective on actually what's happening on the screen of his computer. Well, actually, this is a, a, the thing. I wondered about that. Yeah, and because it comes up a couple times when MCP uh, talks to Flynn as well. I thought he was, they were doing the voice because it would be boring to just read the text from the MCP. And then instead of watching a guy type in response, he was talking out loud. But in this whole bit here, he actually turns away and actually responds to something MCP says. So there's a kind of a suggestion that the MCP has a voice speaker unit that he can actually talk to to Dillinger and all that. Oh, yeah. Which is, like I said, I just assumed it was, like I was trying to figure out again what their rules were about how this was. Because it feels like with Flynn later on that MCP is chatting with him at the terminal. Right. And he's doing, like he did with Clue way back in the earlier minutes. He's typing, but he's also talking out loud just because it's better for an audience. But they kind of, like I said, they they break that, what I thought was that rule here with Dillinger. Because you watch it. They get two or three interactions yeah. lines in, yeah. and I'm like, and even once he's like looks down at his desk, and I'm like, oh, he's just reading off the terminal, and then he slowly turns away, and MCP uh, makes some crack. Oh yeah, sixty eight point one percent. The bit he's like, I calculated sixty eight point one percent, and he goes cute. Yeah, he's not looking anywhere near the computer. No, well, he's I looked away. So you thought that was like narration for the audience. And then it kind of broke the rules when you realized it was a speaker in the it office. It sounds like there's a speaker in the office. Oh, okay, because yeah. I never, I always took it to, I always took that, that, there, was a speaker, a, that right? there was a speaker there. I was trying to find the rules. And like Flynn, does that mean then that he no, has in, a speaker? Not in, he's at a little terminal. His, well, yeah, because they don't, the way they edit it, he's not really having a conversation with Clue. Uh, but in this one, he's very much having a conversation yeah. with the MCP. I don't hate any of this. No, for sure. I just feel like this is uh, the one bit where... It's an interesting f- take. F- form versus function. They made the decisions to make it more movie, cinematic, yeah, yeah. as opposed to uh, sticking to the hard rules of working with a computer sort and, of thing. And I, I wonder how lonely a lot of these scenes were because David Warner is also the voice of the MCP. Yeah, that's true. So he's just sitting in a desk by himself. There, but there's, or when he was talking to the MCP inside his uh, 
little charging cage on board his cruiser there. I mean, like, yeah. he's got, he has so many conversations with, with the FCP <laughs> where he's just talking to himself, either adding the lines later or, uh, or, or whatever. And I'm like, that must have been kind of a solitary role for him. He does interact with most of the cast, but. Yeah, sooner or later. And he does get the sweet uh, giant Sark later on, which is oh, the so best, good. the best, which in the screenplay was revealed earlier. In the screenplay, you get to see him. 10 stories tall it's a thing he can do eh? it's a thing he can do yeah. and he's, he's fighting it's just to show how powerful he is but they don't they, they yeah. save that for the finale in this one I, I like that he got called back in the middle of the night and his uh assistant who apparently has no place to sit or a desk is there <laughs> waiting for him just hanging out and that's late at night like southern california if it's that dark outside it's nighttime it's like nine o'clock at night yeah it's not like Canada where it could be like 4.30 and it's pitch black outside <laughs> thanks to daylight savings. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so let's see. Yeah, we see that David Warner is indeed quite thin in that gray suit. Uh, Donald Kushner said that David Warner was the uh, thinnest actor he's ever worked with. Really? Yeah, and I've, uh, I never really caught that, but now, I'm, now I've got an eye out for it. I want to see just how how thin he is because you know like the camera adds 10 pounds or whatever and yeah he does come across as wiry but uh but not quite yeah that thin. it's like uh bill nighy or uh, yeah sure the guy who played scotty once you know about their hands you try to go looking for it oh bill I mean? nye's got a hand thing bill nighy has a genetic condition yeah that his thumbs are i don't know palsied or reduced uh, mobility. Oh, okay. So you see a lot of times. Oh, sorry, Bill Nye. Oh, right. I was Bill, not Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> yeah, no, Bill Nye. I know that. Bill yeah, Nye, the non-science guy. Yeah, the the actor uh, Nye. Yeah, he's, they're kind of like a little bit clawed. Yeah, and never noticed it until at one point I read it, and then all of a sudden, like I'm watching Warwicker, and I'm like, oh my god, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, Radar and Mash. Oh, what was Radar's? Uh, he's missing like almost all his fingers on one of his hands. No. Yeah. Really? He, well, he's always holding a file or holding a letter or something like that or delivering mail, and you you almost never see it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That is so amazing. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. Wow. Anyways, uh, yeah. Now that you mention it, uh, Time Bandits, they pat him all up with his cloak and all that's that. That's right. That's right. I think is the one when I was looking him up last night online. He's kind of like a fall jacket and a scarf like i just <laughs> i think there's a lot of yeah the suit you can't really hide him too much but uh i wonder how skinny he is british skinny. a british austerity <laughs> there you go he's got the height and the majesty and uh yeah the whip thin and, and evil be, right? I, and, yeah and evil he the guy's just I, I don't know i imagine he's a, a private professional british actor he doesn't go too deep into giving interviews because i don't see him in so far i haven't found him in any of the behind the scenes footage or interviews nope. or anything like that there's no like uh uh he's not on he's definitely not on the commentary you don't you don't hear him in the or i don't know the commentary i've seen so far i haven't yeah. i haven't seen any interviews with him whereas most of the other cast has been very very open to like doing interviews and stuff what so what's the age difference between him and the the rest of the cast cuz they're probably in their 30s right early 30s maybe Oh, yeah, yeah, in the early thirties. I imagine he's a little older than them. So I'm wondering, by the time we got to um, uh, uh, retrospective territory, if he's not, you know, living in England in his shire somewhere, and you know, 
retirement age and yeah. no interest in being involved in this at all. <laughs> well, then that's the trick, though. You said there's no... Because even at the time, even though DVDs didn't exist, featurette stuff got shot a lot of the It time. would be Especially shot, Disney stuff. Yeah, and shown on like the like the wide world of Disney. Disney on loved night. to catalog the making of its stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's still there's, a, and that's the thing is that there's a whole ton of behind the scenes stuff on Tron, and David Warner isn't in, in any, any of it them, that man. I've that I've found so far. There's probably he probably did it once, and I haven't found it yet or something. But forty one, so he was forty one at the time. Sixty, he's almost eighty. He's just under eighty years old. No, no, yeah. but forty one is when he was born. Oh, so sorry, forty one in eighty one. Forty, yeah, forty one yeah. when he did. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Funny. I said he was born in forty one. You said he was forty one, and I said no, no, no. But yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. forty one, as it turns out. Um, I, lo- I love his uh, his his office is so eighties executive office. Oh yeah, and the sparseness of detail and the the gray and the straight lines. Yeah, and it's it's the, done to kind of with no hints of neon or pastels. Yeah, it still reads as eighties so hard. Yeah, so hard. And he's got a couple of statues. I don't know where the statues are from. I don't know, but they're black, right? So it's kind of hard no, to see they're, them. They're like gray, gray. They're almost like uh, I don't know, East Asian. Like, uh, well, that would fit with the eighties. Yeah, so almost like those. Um, what are those warriors? The clay, the, the Chinese clay warriors. Oh, the terracotta warriors. The terracotta warriors. Yeah, kind of like that. Only they've got like tusks and the bulging eyes. Uh, Bruce like, Boxleitner is 69 years old. So there's like a 10-year head start on him. Like He's about 10 years older than than the cast was. Oh, I don't think I would have guessed that. No. I mean, he doesn't. He looks, you know, middle-aged. He doesn't look terribly old or anything. No. Well, I guess I could have seen that, yeah, because the rest of them do seem. Like Cindy Morgan and, and Jeff Bridges, they definitely seem Jeff Bridges is 69 younger. as well. So same, yeah. Interesting. Huh. So there you go. Uh, he, I will not look up Cindy Morgan's because a podcast geez. never Google's uh, a lady's age. <laughs> um, yeah. So his one thing about Encom was it was apparently one of the few fictional company names that they could find that wasn't taken. Really? Yeah. They went through a lot going like, what? Geez. Oh my gosh. That's taken too. And Encom was just like, okay. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I grew up in, in Calgary, so there's a lot of oil company names. Sure. So let's just see. I've seen a lot of Geo Terra word seismic, you know, like all these prefixes, suffixes, and a little bit of Greek jammed together all over the place. Um, yeah, ground gets covered pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm surprised though. Encom is a fantastic company name. It's just so good. Like right? it's kind of sad that it's locked up with Disney copyright because <laughs> it's a really good company name. Uh. Uh, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about touchscreen technology. Yes. Because he does this. Th- I mean, the desk was all fake. Yep. It's rear projection. There's a big mirror on the bottom projecting it up mm-hmm. onto the flat plane of glass that's like they, they dug out the bottom to create this illusion of a touchscreen. Um, so the idea of using a touchscreen goes back to the early days of computing and back in the 1960s. Um, except most of the systems they developed were all very experimental until like the the 90s. Uh, But the first major technology that became successful is resistive touchscreen technology. And that uses a panel that consists of several layers, 
including two thin electrically charged layers separated by a thin space. So by pressing on that panel, the two layers touch and the location of the connection is recorded as the input. They're relatively cheap to make and they're very resistant to liquids, but the major downside are is that you actually need to press down pretty hard on them. So our smartphones are not that. They're inductive or something? Capacitive. Capacitive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it requires that we can conduct. That's why your finger or a, a stick of pepperoni yeah. can work here. Touch exactly. Screen, but a exactly. leather glove cannot. Yeah, but uh, the, the resistive touchscreens are widely used to enter orders in control panels in factories. ATMs actually probably use that. Early uh, ATMs with a touchscreen. Early, early ATMs, yeah, for sure. And uh, um, restaurants. Well, there you go. Yeah, because they're resistant to liquids and they take a lot of punishment. Yeah. They're not fragile. That, that makes good sense. Yeah. That was a suggestion I somewhere's online. They're like in the wintertime, if you have your gloves on, you can use a pepperoni stick to run your They do that phone. in in, uh, in Russia. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm a, a, clever hack. B, I like that you think the pepperoni stick is going to survive <laughs> yeah. five seconds in, in my hands. Do you still have your pepperoni stick? Um, no. <laughs> but did you drop it or something? No, no. <clears throat> I need another one. Uh, can I have a, a napkin, please? <laughs> Delicious. Yeah, and a capacitive that uses a layer of insulating material uh, coated with a transparent conductor. Okay. So, yeah, that's like it, it, it uses us. We need, to, it to, needs to, us to, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Which I, mine doesn't always work that well in the cold. And I don't know if that's because my fingertips aren't conductive in the cold or if that's just. Uh, well, yeah, because how does that work? Because in theory, resistance is supposed to drop when things get colder. That's why superconductivity always involves. Freezing yeah, stuff. yeah. Or sometimes I remember I'd be walking around in the cold, and my phone says my battery is at zero, and I'm like, "No, it's not. Yeah. It's not at zero at all. It's got a healthy charge in it." But the cold can uh, will sap batteries. Yeah. Well, and, or it'll it'll give the false impression. If you, oh, okay. If you take it back, take it back into, inside, it... take it back to a warm place, it'll go. Oh, my mistake. You've got lots of charge. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, that's science minute, everybody. Well, <laughs> but what they what they did was instead of just uh, one point, then they were able to record two or three points, right? And that's where we get multi-touch, right? Uh, stuff, which is that's how we like you know expand a Google Map right. or shrink something or push something or swipe or all that kind of stuff. Or if you're doing a idle game and you want to tap with three fingers really fast to get your coins real fast, that's that's. <laughs> I don't know if that'll work. It does. Does it? Uh, I got a little guy, and he's all over that YouTuber guy, Guava. Okay. He's got a tub tap game. I hate idle tap games. But the whole point is is collecting bubbles. And as you level up, you get more bubbles faster. I'm like, and I hate those idle games. Oh, yeah. But but every once in a while, he's like, Daddy, help. And he brings it over, and it's it's just a matter of how fast can you hit the thing to make the bubbles come out really fast. So that was my joke is. If I can even get muzzle fingers. Ah, bubbles. <laughs> bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. Can we uh, please delete this off my phone? Thank you. I keep wanting to call him Sark. I keep forgetting his name is Dillinger. Dillinger, yeah. Dillinger uh, logs in. Yep. And his user code is 00. zero. Oh, yes. And his password is uh, Master. Master. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, why not just one, two, three, four? Exactly. You know? Password is password. Yeah. Or what was what are the, the, the there was like three the three top passwords were one, two, three, four, 
God and password or yeah. something like that. Or a call back to uh, the movie Hackers, which I think we mentioned way back when. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it uh, sex? Yeah. Yeah, that was God. It. Sex God. And, and what was it? What was uh, Fisher Stevens' line? So would Her Holiness like to change her password? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I listen, for... I'm not a programmer, but I, even I'm pretty sure a machine can brute force God out of a password system pretty easy. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crackle. <laughs> and master is like what? What three, four, <clears throat> five, five letters? Like I think that password. Like well, the the website uh, password. Websites are starting to wake up to the fact that you don't need special characters like yeah. uh, uppercase, lowercase, no. exclamation point, <clears throat> doesn't matter at all. And I think there was an XKCD who talked that like if you just have three words, words that you can remember. Yeah, like, I don't know, refrigerator, combustion, badger, or just something like that. That's like really uncrackable, really, really hard. You can't brute force past something that long. So letters and numbers, three digits if you use God. It's only just under 40,000 combinations. A computer can probably run through those fairly easily <laughs> to crack a computer. I was looking at, I thought you were looking that up on uh, the web, but I see you actually using your, com- your calculator. I was using my calculator. Out. That's awesome. It. That's really, really good. Um, yeah. I didn't go into math. I didn't go into programming, but I remember a couple of things here and there, and that's one of them. <laughs> How to calculate <laughs> put the different combinations. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> That's not well. That one thing that means to me is that Encom is maybe not a secure facility. No, probably it's not, not like Flynn's a genius hacker. It's that his password is master and his user code is zero zero. You know, yeah. and he's the head of the company. It's, you know, yeah, it's um, yeah, that, that, it's not great. But again, uh, computer uh, security not a thing in in eighty one. No, eighty one, eighty two, not a not a thing. Although that's the, it's funny, it's the basis of a lot of the uh, stuff at that time. War games is built the, around the fact that security, computer security was really sloppy. Or even Ferris Bueller's Day Off when he's yep. like logging in to change his absences and stuff. It, as long as you know the password and the phone number, you were set. Well, that was one thing that somebody... The passwords weren't that hard either. War games actually used, that's where I learned, first learned about war dialers. It just, it would hammer... Yeah, the phone line until you found one, and, then... and that's what computers are for. Yeah. You don't have two hours to call something five hundred no. times, but the computer sure does, yeah. and they can do it quicker. And nobody will notice because it's not like it's ringing; it's a phone ringing off the hook. It's just a phone line hooked up to the computer that will pick up as long as it's not engaged. Yeah, and yeah. It'll just run until it gets through. And people were talking about like a lot of hacking involves talking to somebody and getting their password. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, fooling somebody into giving your password or you leave your password around on a piece of paper on a post-it note underneath your monitor. Yeah. Like a lot of hacking involves stuff like that. Yeah. Where you just, it's the sloppy password management. Fall, falls into, the, I guess that technically falls into social engineering. You social just, engineering, yeah. yeah. I Trust me, I was so happy when the smartphones came along and the uh, password locker apps showed up yeah so i don't have to remember a million and one passwords i can put them into a thing and remember the one password yeah and if i ever forget the others i can log in and, and pull it out again without having to write it into my notebook or <laughs> the number of times i i did complicated things to you know what i mean obfuscate like you know i could put a password write a password down or whatever and then just surrounded by other 
Uh, passwords. <laughs> Only I knew where to look, but it would be like, eh. anyways. Bury it. Just bury it in the data. I would have been a terrible hacker. The only hacking I ever did was I, I managed a free phone call once using an old payphone trick. Yeah, I remember those. They, they, they sussed that pretty quick, but I remember you could. You the could, metal, touch yeah. the metal to the, yes. You used to be able to take a paperclip, touch it to the mouthpiece, like you stuck it inside to touch the mouthpiece thing there, touch it to the metal of the the hook yeah the re- the receiver hook and it would trigger some sort of like a coin's got it would the system would think a coin went in yeah and then you could dial in the way you went and i did it once and i was like that's awesome i don't have to call people from payphones much so i don't know what yeah to do yeah yeah what am i gonna do gonna call my contacts in the <laughs> pentagon i don't know what it was gonna <laughs> what am i gonna do here one thing i noticed about his uh touch screen is that there's a huge lag if you look at the yeah. minute he like Clickety click types he taps his screen a lot and the computer and the letters the characters come up like one a second they're like tick 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 yeah way after he's finished typing i'm wondering which answer it is is it so no that stuff wasn't computer generated was it yeah those elements must have been computer generated yeah so they're projecting it up so somebody i it's either a question of is that the natural frame rate change that they had to work with? Or alternately you sit David Warner down and go, if you can press them at this speed in this order. And he goes, no, <laughs> I will do this and it will look convincing. And then yeah. just let the thing run. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I never noticed the lag. I just, I didn't that's either. A, that's and a that's good one spot. Of, one there. of the benefits of doing it minute by minute is you're <laughs> like, you wait a second. That's a huge lag. For such an advanced piece of supposedly, supposedly. theoretically an yeah. advanced piece of machinery. That's uh no, I never noticed. It's funny. What gets me most is how big the desk is and nothing going on. Like I always ponder it happens sometimes in movies. You have the CEO guy who has the empty desk. And I'm always interested about that. And then a couple of times I'm trying to think of where I've seen it before. They sometimes have like the one screen. Hmm. or uh well i know that executives having bonkers huge desks is it's a, a thing yeah. it's a status it's a status so. thing it is giant. that office is 100 percent status because that is most of the floor if well, not all of it i mean in, in the next minute well <clears throat> we can talk about that in the next hmm. minute yeah it uh i the hallway is... there's so much distance between him and the person who's sitting across from yes him. and then the and then useless a... space behind it and then he's got a hall oh, to walk down this is all for you that he can see you coming out of the elevator yeah it is yeah it's uh it's right up there with uh hudsucker proxy those big cavernous bank-like marble office that the yeah guy yeah just and it takes forever to or um who's the other one blade runner yeah Tyrell's office is very much like that. Yeah. He's got his desk, which is huge, two stories tall. Yeah. Vaunted yeah. columns. And yeah, to get there, it is a sw- Olympic sized swimming pool worth of distance to it's get down like a to a pulpit almost. Do you like our owl? Is it real? Is it real? Yeah. Uh, one thing is that, uh, oh yeah, so, so yeah, he, he types it in, there's some lag. And then the MCP thanks Dillinger for coming back early. Yeah. Uh, the MCP is like, thanks for coming back early. And I love, I just love that Dillinger says, no problem, Master C. <laughs> like they've got pet names, like they've got <laughs> nicknames for each other. 
again but this goes back to the is he talking directly with them or is he a human doing that vague anthropomorphizing with a computer right and mcp because mcp is gets mean with them sometimes you think being flippant or kind of clever with it very soon the tables turn here and uh yeah so it's like oh you're talking to a robot buddy yeah you think you're talking to the family dog there's no uh, sense of humor there at all yeah um this bit here he has his line oh yeah what's it he's uh oh this is also one of the moments where I think it's one of the few movies that I've saw where the evil robot yep. didn't have a monotone voice. Yes, didn't they pitched have, it down to kind of achieve. It's it's a, a yeah a similar it's tone. A, it's an evil artificial voice, but he's like, well, I, I saw you when you came in, and he's he's not talking. He has like, inflection. He's, yeah. yeah, he has inflection. That's right. Yeah, so I thought that was uh, that was really cool. It's 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 amazing how evil people sound when you just pitch them. <laughs> <laughs> it gets that way so quick um so i would have seen it i think i meant so i saw it as a kid yeah theaters yeah working in high school like i said i played it constantly every time almost every single time i worked at the video store yeah i think i mentioned this in the last times i was on yeah and then the second time second and only uh, other than the original time i guess the second and last time i saw it in theaters did i see it again after that it was in L.A. Okay. I got to go down when I moved out here to Vancouver and started working in video games. I had the opportunity to go down to L.A. for E3. I think it was my first E3. Okay. Electronic Entertainment Exposition. That's right. And at loose ends in the evening and a nerd that was not interested in going to L.A. bars or anything like that, the El Capitan Theater, which had just recently been renovated. Okay. It's called something else, but it's on the... The Hollywood uh, Drive there. The theater with a lot of history to it? Like it's, a, yeah. It's, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know its history offhand. It's been there forever. It was getting really run down. Uh, it's like across the street from uh, the Chinese theater. Oh, okay. Uh, which I keep calling Man's Chinese Theater, and Man's no longer owns it. So it's something else now. But uh, Disney had, had recently bought El Capitan and had refurbished it to its old glory. It was called something else. I think El Capitan was their decision, I think. And they were showing Tron. And not only were they showing Tron, but the director, uh, Bruce Boxleitner, and um, Laurie, uh, name's bad. Oh, Cindy Morgan. Cindy Morgan. And the you. director, Stephen Lisberger. Yeah. Yeah. We're there, and a moderator who I don't remember who, who it is. And I wish I could remember, because probably now would be somebody that I'd go, oh, it was so-and-so. Uh, I think they did it before they screened it. And it was a great Q&A, and I can't remember any of it, but it was very nice to see them <laughs> up there. And then the best part was they screened the movie, yeah, and it was a new print. That was the best thing. Was it was a brand new striking. Oh, of nice thing. and shiny. Cool. Nice and good. Yeah. Because Disney's theater had to look sexy. Yeah, yeah. The best part is we get to this scene, and he goes, thank you for coming back early. And he's like, no problem. If you've been to one electronic consumers, uh, consumer electronics show, you've been to them all. Yeah, yeah. And an entire audience, which I suddenly realized was made up of people attending E3, <laughs> for the most part, erupted in laughter. No like, it doubt. It was just awesome. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was so perfect a moment to see that movie, to get that line, and the audience, I don't even... I don't think an audience ever reacted to that line then or since or before. But like I said, it was just this sweet spot of the town was filled with, you know, tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Both living in town and coming in town. 
going to this video game trade show. Yeah, yeah. Going to see a movie that they all probably helped inspire them to love and get into video games. Yeah, no doubt. Having the CEO of a company say, if you've been to one trade show, you've been to them all. And they all <laughs> fall over laughing. And, oh, God, that's... Like I said, I can't remember the questions, the Q&A they talked. Yeah. Any of that, I just remember sitting in an audience that responded that way to Tron. Like the whole time, the the audience just loved it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a real peak moment in it to, to feel that energy. No <laughs> doubt. That's, the, that's like a unique, perfect moment there. Yeah, like, that'll a, be one of those things that I, I won't be able to remember, you know, my phone number or my kids' names or anything like that. <laughs> but on my deathbed, I'll be, you know, I saw Bruce Boxlight there once. Oh, we laughed at David Warner. What was his line? <laughs> um, anyways. Oh, that's really cool. They put a nice spin on it, like a nice uh, nice flirt. Yeah. Given that I have a warm, fuzzy feeling from seeing it in the childhood, but no hard, firm memory. Yeah, yeah. Other than I remember I did see it and kind of remember the theater and all that. This cemented it as a theater-going experience for me, which is yeah. rarer and rarer all the time to... Yeah, see good movies, but have a a theatrical group experience with it. That's yeah. kind of going away. Well, one of the last times I remember that happening was uh, Fury Road, probably. Yeah, yeah. We were all on a different a different. The movie picked us up and transported us, and as a unit, we all went to someplace new. Yeah, which is uh, yeah, it's rare. It doesn't happen very often these days. It's uh, what was I listening to? Uh, I think it was the Gilbert Godfrey podcast. They keep mentioning um the older um, Marx Brothers films. Yeah. And I remember I kind of have a thing. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of like them. I, I understand their spot, and I've seen some of the comedy. I'm sure. Like, yeah, it's good comedy. It's a, but I remember watching the movies, and I'm kind of like, why is this not resonating? And then they pointed out those guys, and every joke they did, which they did on the road as well, they knew what the audience response would be. Right. So when you're watching them, the pacing is off if you're watching it yourself, because he'd make some sort of joke. And then there'd be like, hold for 15 seconds yeah, before moving on to other things. And you're like, oh, this is paced so wrong. Because you're supposed to be sitting in a theater with a few hundred other people. Laughing who go, your brains Here's out. my line. And we all, ha ha! And then back to the next comedy. Like, yeah, the, yeah. So, and I think that happens, not with this one, but specifically, but that's kind of what that is. Like, yeah. you kind of need to see these. If there's a joke... It feels better. The joke and the comedy feels better uh, if you're with a crowd. Oh, yeah. Um, like there's been some movies I've seen where I've been crying, laughing yeah. in the theater and then watched it again later and been yeah. like, huh. Like um, Wedding Crashers was one that was kind of like that. There's something about Mary was kind of like that. Watching it home by myself later. Yeah. It was it was good. Yeah. But it wasn't great. It's almost but like in the theater, yeah. literally crying with laughter. It, yeah. There's something about the crowd that the crowd wants to inform the rest of the crowd that they're having a reaction to. Yeah, it. there's and a, when there's they a, do that, the rest of the crowd there's an echo just goes with it. It's just, uh, an, an amplification. Yeah. It's, anyways, sorry, anyway. dumb aside. It's okay. Uh, so the MCP mentions that Flynn has been nosing around again, or he mentions that there's uh, the boy detective has been uh, <laughs> nosing around again. He's so sarcastic. And then, uh, and then, but then he says that it, well, he says they, they, there's been another intrusion and Dillinger is like, says Flynn. And the MCP says it felt like Flynn. Yes. Which I think is pretty wild. Cause he's 
he didn't ID Flynn from his entry code or whatever. He's just going on his intuition. It goes back to that thing of, are they talking? Like, and it turns out, no. Because if it was a voice thing, the MCP could say they're hearing and responding sort of thing and go, oh, it's Flynn because I recognize the voice. Instead, what he's going by is the, he's going by Clue. Yeah. He caught Clue, destroyed Clue, and goes, this thing well, you think, yeah, well, felt like. So, yeah. okay, well, that brings up a really interesting point. Because okay. so does the MCP have eyes inside the computer? Because Clue looks exactly like Flynn. <laughs> and I'd assume they've got a, a picture on file of Flynn's employee number from when he worked at NCOM. So yeah. he could just like pull up the black and white ID badge photo and remember <laughs> looking at Clue and going, oh, no, that was a thousand percent Flynn. That's exactly <laughs> the same dude. It feels like. Yeah, it's a weird one because that's a, that's something I never really putting thought the fa- about. actors' faces on it is shorthand for us as the audience. But yeah. at the same time, Flynn gets in there, is running into programs, and the first time he runs into Tron, he's like, "Alan," he's like, "How do you know that name?" Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, I know because it's your face. It's like I can see you. You, you look like Alan. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's it's kind of interesting that no one looks. It's at another Flynn. one of those fuzzy rule areas. That I they... guess Clue was a loner. I guess Clue was out in the fringes searching for stuff. Because I would, it would be interesting if any of the programs saw Flynn and was like, "Clue, my gosh, I haven't seen you for a while. How's it going?" Or he renames them every time, like different programs with. Yeah, well, that's another thing to think about. Like, we don't like, live in a. They didn't live in a world of version numbers. The same yeah, way we do, yeah. So. Clue thirty-eight, clue one eight three. That'd be funny. So <laughs> Dillinger and MCP discuss the file that Flynn was looking for, and Dillinger suggests that the MP, the MCP, just appropriate it, and the MCP mentions that he has. Yep, and that he's put it in his own memory, where it's theoretically safe. But Flynn's getting trickier all the time, and he's not a hundred percent sure that it'll be safe there forever. Yes, he's. So he's taking it off a drive somewhere. Yeah. And loaded into his own active memory. Yeah. Which uh which suggests that the master control program has a lot of processing power. <laughs> a lot of memory at least. Yeah, and it also but I'm also like just delete it. There's some corporate espionage there's some, stuff going on there's there that some makes real, no sense. Like shred the emails. There's <laughs> yeah. some there's some issues happening with that part of it. And it's it's interesting because in the uh well, in the novel and in the screenplay, this conversation is, you know, the MCP can't find that file either. Right. So the MCP can't find the file and Flynn can't find the file. So it's just out there in the wild somewhere and they're both trying to find it. So they're both racing for the MacGuffin of the file. Yeah. And uh, Well, that's the perfect way to put it. It's MacGuffin. It's yeah, it's there. exactly. It serves no purpose other than drive yeah. everything so forward. When you, like when I start talking about, well, why doesn't he just delete it? It's like, well, then there wouldn't be a movie. Wouldn't so be a movie. maybe yeah. just don't talk. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and what they said was that just before he left, Flynn randomized that file. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he randomized it, so it's somewhere. Yeah. But uh, they can't find Neither of them can find it because it's been randomized. But then I would think, well, Flynn would have a key, a de-randomizer key. But then again, where's the, there's no movie if you do that. Yeah, so there's no way around that one. Yeah, so, but Just... so for the movie's sake, having the MCP take it and keep it yeah. means you have to storm the gates, and then now you've got a movie. Now they're throwing a talking dog, and now you got yourself a movie. So, there's your movie there's your movie right there ah. 
Uh, so yeah, there you go. That brings us to the end of this minute. Hey, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good, it's a good minute. I like the little back and forth here. I'm still, still, I just love that. No problem, Master C. I just <laughs> think that's so. Always, he's once he's almost doing the Yo. F- the finger guns, <laughs> the finger guns, <laughs> snap finger guns. Don't leave me hanging, bro. Don't leave me hanging, bro. Did yeah. you just snap your fingers at me? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. A little uh, a little picture of a hand comes up on the... <laughs> high five, Dillinger. <laughs> high five. End of high five. End of high five. <laughs> just a light press on the table. Uh, speaking of uh, the computer language versus English language, the bit that he says... <laughs> He doesn't say, okay, I'm going now. He has to talk like computer code. End of line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I also like... Which kind of suggests that if you're being literal, that he's running program, talk to Dillinger. (laughs) Talk to human. Yeah. Hello, human. I'm done now. End of line. End of line is also so final. I just like, it's like... (laughs) But I... End of line. Well, we're still end End of line. line. (laughs) Like... Although in computer programming, end of line doesn't mean anything other than stop paying attention to this line, literally. Yeah, yeah. Read the next line yeah. on its own. Page, page break. Page, page break. Line, 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 line. Uh, so it uh, takes us to the end of this minute. Tell us, Chris, where can people find more of you? Boy, I gave a lot of stuff out last time. Uh, Twitter is Proton Charging, all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal one is Castwar. That's my name, but everybody thinks it's a D&D name, but it's not. C-A-S-T-E-W-A-R. Christopher Aaron Stewart. There we go. Speaking of old com- computer systems, the University of Calgary took my t- first two initials, CA, and then up to eight characters, filled in the rest, and it gets to Stewart. Nope, no more. <laughs> <laughs> I just lucked out that it was pronounceable. Social media is just, uh, yeah, proton charging, or uh, if uh, you want to listen to the podcasts, just uh, whatever you listen to. Uh, look for Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross Rip. And uh, yeah, you can listen to us talk for about an hour about proton packs and ghosts. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can talk to us at tronologicallyspeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at tronologicallyspeaking. Send us an email at tronologicallyspeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Tron Minute by Minute listeners page. Uh, special thanks to the Star Wars Minute that started it all. Go to moviesbyminute.com and see if your favorite movie is there and listen to those amazing podcasts because it's really, really fun to listen. If you're in a position where you like to listen to podcasts and you have the time, they've uh, there. it's really great listening to people uh, go minute by minute for, for a full movie. It gives you whole insight that you didn't know you, you was capable of you were capable of having before. And uh, yeah, and if you don't see your favorite movie in the list. Start it up yourself and give them a shout. Reach out to them on Facebook because they're a very good, very good and inclusive community. All right. So you want to say end of line on three? Sure. One, two, three. End, end of, of high line. five. Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, sorry. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's do end of high five on three. I like it. One, two, three. End, end of, of high, high five. five. <laughs> you got it, Master C. You got it, Master C. <laughs>